Hello, humans, and welcome to Exposing Isolation. My name is Rebecca Elizabeth Weber, and today is September 19th, 2019. This week, uh, the last, you know, five or six days have been so extreme for me in, you know, energy, um, how much energy I have, how much I don't, my emotions. Um, Like I had mentioned in uh, the last episode, I think, there was another one that I recorded when I was in the middle of a complete meltdown a few nights ago. Um, I put it up and I took it down because it was just like, it was too much. As much as I do want to expose myself um, and I'm not afraid to be vulnerable on the show, I'm not afraid to tell you that I experience these extremes. Um, I do feel that putting you in the middle of my mental illness is maybe uh, even a bit too artistic, even for me. Um, to have you experience what it's like when I'm in the middle of, um, well, not really being sure why I'm here. We'll say it gracefully like that and not go all the way to what other things I might have been thinking um, in this moment. Um, I think that maybe is just a bit much to think other people need to listen to. And so it exists, uh, but I took it down. But the the last episode that you would have heard if you are listening um, chronologically, I discussed how, um, I guess three days ago, my body shut down to a very extreme degree, um, more so than when I'm just out of spoons. Um, and if you don't know spoon theory, please go look it up. But when I'm out of spoons, this was... Uh, startlingly, terrifyingly, um, my arms weren't working. I was dizzy. I was hot. I, I, I really felt like, um, how do you say it? The ghost was leaving the shell again, which is extraordinarily alarming. Um, so that was just a few days ago. Um, the following day, um, that, that was purely physical, um, emotionally. Yes, it was also hard and I was crying and a lot of release, but it was, it was really like a physical release versus, um, emotional, um, strain or pain the next day, um, when I was in what, what Thomas and I call an episode. Um, but it just feels like my brain, my, my mind has cracked in half and I just cannot make sense of the world around me. And it just gets terribly, terribly scary, um, and horrific. And, um, I just, I cannot make sense of things. Um, something beautiful came out of that. Um, which I guess in the the mystery that is my mind, um, beauty does come out. But the beauty that came out of the middle of this, um, this uh, I, I just call it an episode. I know that's not a very descriptive way of talking about it, but this this um, span of time where I, I do feel completely mad. Like I do feel like I have lost grip on reality and... Um, I, I just, it's, well, maybe one day I'll actually let you listen to um, what I recorded about it. But for now, I'll just say that um, it is as possessed by a demon as you might imagine. And so what happened in that, though, um, and poor Thomas always gets sucked into these things and is forced to evolve right along with me. But um, what happened 
I don't know, a few hours into it, some 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, which for me is very late and I should have already been asleep, um, was realizing that, um, again, from a very young age, humanity has always terrified me for how um, inconsistent humans are and how much they can hurt themselves and each other for um, seemingly no reason with no logic um, behind their actions. And um, I think getting into school and maybe by about age seven, I really was just trying to survive. And I think I was playing a game with myself that potentially we all do, but mine is mine. Um, and I haven't spoken very much with other people about this. So for now, it at least feels like a rather unique experience that I sought to become um, proficient in at least pretending to be good at being a human, um, learning all the rules, doing everything correctly, um, behaving in a way that made people comfortable, um, both from my observations and from my uh, programming, my my rearing, um, it you know within kind of what you'd call like my more formal upbringing with my you know my parents and teachers and things of it's not okay to make people uncomfortable was something that really stood out to me as like a definitive lesson. And um, if you did make people uncomfortable, your, your very existence was at stake of, you know, you're in jeopardy of, I didn't know what, and I didn't want to find out. Um, but a few days ago, it's two nights ago, um, when I was in the middle of this rather tragic um, moment, you know, should be um, reserved for some sort of heroic play scene more than happening on the floor in my living room. Um, I just realized, you know, I just had this moment, why am I spending so much time trying to make other people comfortable? Like, I am so desperately uncomfortable almost all the time. Not as much, you know, now that I'm in isolation and I, I avoid um, everyone and all things pretty um, actively and almost all the time. Um, but throughout my life I've been terribly uncomfortable pretty much all the time and was given the advice, especially as a young teenager, just keep pushing, um, you know, figure it out. Eventually, if you just keep doing things that make you absolutely terribly miserable emotionally and physically, um, you're shaking and you want to throw up and you're sweating and your vision's blurry because, you know, you need to, um, answer a question in class, you know, okay, well then do that enough so that, you know, one day, um, it doesn't hurt so much. And I, in a lot of ways it worked, um, the most terrible form of exposure therapy that, um, please don't, um, and, you know, until eventually I could give, um, impromptuous speeches in front of large audiences, still feeling absolutely dreadful, um, but not letting anybody tell and being quite impressive in my theatrical performance of a well-put-together person. You know, I became proficient at keeping other people comfortable and I, I guess in a lot of ways being impressive um, to a fault, which later made it terribly difficult to ever get anybody to believe that I actually needed help and um, eventually made it terribly difficult for me to believe that I needed help until I almost died a couple of times. Um, more on that in previous episodes if you're just tuning in now. Um, you know, I, I didn't choose to become isolated. It chose me. 
So anyway, I'm in the middle of this, um, you know, rolling on the floor, just a hysterical moment a few nights ago. And I sat up and just realized um, ice pack on my head because I, I have this uh, dreadful habit of hitting myself on the head when I can't make my brain make sense. Um, so I have an ice pack on my head and I'm sitting there and I'm just sobbing and trying to make sense of the world and it just like will not fit together. And I just come to this clarity of, man, I need to stop caring so much about other people. You know, it, it, I don't exactly know why I think it had something to do with blaming Thomas for the, all the problems in the world, which is never fair, but sometimes happens in the best of um, marital, marital uh, quarrels, I guess you would say. But I realized that I put so much energy into making sure he feels loved and he feels protected and safe, and um, which I don't regret. But, you know, when you're exhausted, you're just like, why am I doing this? Um, that I did what you know, Thomas refers to as mood magic, where you like take a part of yourself out and you say, well, we're done. Um, and so the part of me that has been, um, you know, just tearing myself open and just giving and giving and giving, even when there's nothing left seems to have exited, um, the form, my form, um, right alongside another lesson from last week, which is that, um, I always felt that I needed to be relatable and I've completely given that up ever since um, seeing a rather funny um, monologue about um, the relatable girls of Instagram and how much I wouldn't want to be them if I could and how I am who I am and probably one of the lesser relatable characters um, I've ever come across. And so now that I'm no longer trying to be relatable um, and you know, on the verge of being able to take care of myself. Um, I can't even mimic how actively I was telling everybody to go. Uh, I'm not going to actively cuss on this show, at least right now, but, you know, go and fly a something and everyone could just go off and, you know, fly a kite. Sure, we'll say that. And I was just going to take care of myself and the world was absolutely horrible and humanity. Um, honestly, I kind of have come to the conclusion, which is very jaded, but potentially helpful that I am not doing anyone any favors by trying to make them comfortable because the world is absolutely atrocious right now. And honestly would probably be a lot better if they, um, were a little bit more actively uncomfortable and had some better guidance. And I, I'm a pretty damn good guide. And so if I work more actively, almost um, exclusively to make myself more comfortable. People can assimilate to me instead of me trying to constantly assimilate to other people, which is getting no one anywhere um, and keeping me extremely sick. And so doing some of that inner work and went to counseling yesterday and journaling and all these things. And I just um, listened to a fabulous uh, podcast by David Tennant and um, Ian McKellen and just, how about I just be myself? What if I, you know, actually live by the quote that people have known me for, for years, which is the, you know, most rebellious act you can commit in today's society is to unapologetically like yourself, um, which is all well and good. 
But then you actually need to be yourself and unapologetically like yourself as yourself. And so there's new depths coming from that quote that um, you know people have been writing and putting on, on their mirrors for almost a decade now um, that I said almost a decade ago. And um, you know, for those of you who didn't know me, it was pretty common in the community around me back when I was the founder and executive director of Middle Women for people to look in the mirror in the morning and say, you know, when they're having a bad time and say, well, what would Rebecca say? And, you know, building themselves up. And you know, that that was my identity as somebody who held space for people to be their best self and to love themselves unapologetically. And um, I'm finally starting to do that for myself, you know, not trying to be relatable. And not, oh, not concerning myself with the needs of others. Oh, how hard that is to say. And so I'm, I'm already over my goal of 10 minutes for each podcast. And so I'll have to get more into what I mean later. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And um, if I may encourage you today to try and explore some aspect of yourself that you, you haven't wanted to include in who you are that you've been maybe pushing away, that you're shying away from. You don't have to tell anyone. It doesn't have to, have to be your public persona if you're still doing that, but let it in. Let something in. I, I highly recommend it. So um, again, thank you, and I will catch you on the next one. <laughs>